A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Fabi Paulini. I love that. I don't. I won't, I won't sing back at you, but okay. <laughs> I sing names better than I say them. Right, and we always start off with the brand set. So I've pulled up your brand set. Here you go. Um, absolutely beautiful. You've got your site ranking number one. You've got four rich site ranks. Um, this is something that I've noticed has appeared much more in the last four or five weeks for people. It used to be really just for companies, and Google is now putting it for people when the site is well-organized and well-written, which yours obviously is, and has obvious destinations for your audience when they're Googling your brand name, your personal brand name in this case. Then I was wondering why you didn't have a knowledge panel on the right-hand side. But you can. You have a knowledge panel. It just <laughs> doesn't trigger. So the knowledge panel exists in Google's brain. It doesn't trigger when people search your personal name, something that you could easily rectify by uh, improving your own authority and Google's understanding and its confidence in its understanding of who you are, what you're doing, which audience you serve. And right now, you could actually go and claim it because it's uh, understood that your website represents you now. It, it's chosen FabiPauliniClient.com, which is your client's access website. Exactly. For some reason, it's chosen that to represent your entity. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but you own that, so you can still claim the Knowledge Panel. And if anyone's interested in uh, Knowledge Panels and Brand Serps, join the Kelly Cube Knowledge Panel and Brand Serps Support Group. And we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. We help people claim their Knowledge Panel. We tell them when they shouldn't claim it, even though they think they should. Um, lots of interesting information like that. And also how to build Google's confidence so it actually triggers your Knowledge Panel on your Brand Serp when somebody searches your name. Um before we move on to talking about how to attract premium clients into your business, a quick announcement. If you do want a knowledge panel and you don't want to join our group because you don't have the time to do it yourself, we actually have a done-for-you service by CaliCube. And the done-for-you service is beautifully done by Elisa and the CaliCube Pro team who will get you a knowledge panel or build a richer knowledge panel, expand your knowledge panel so it looks incredibly impressive to your audience when they Google your name. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. Now, Fabi, enough about me, CaliCube, knowledge panels, which I talk about every week. I want to know how can I attract premium clients into my business, CaliCube? Where should I start? Well, okay, so probably I believe that the most important thing that you need to define and understand is what does a premium client mean to you? <clears throat> so what I mean with this is I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what my definition of what a premium client is, because I think that sometimes people feel or hear a premium client and they think, Oh, it's a millionaire. And yeah. sure. I mean, maybe that would be nice, but I really feel that a premium client is somebody who is an action taker. That's going to respect you. That is going to see you as an expert and follow along in the things that you're saying. Somebody that is coachable, somebody that is self-led responsible for themselves, committed, resourceful. That's what I see as a premium client, right? It's not necessarily, you know, usually when we think about our audience and we, we go in and do like our client avatars and define who the person is, and we think that that's enough. And my experience has shown me that just because somebody, you know, go you, you go through the checklist and you're like, okay, well, great. This is, let's say, a high achieving professional. Okay, check. Who has a high paying job? Check. 
who is, let's say, overweight and you're a weight loss coach, check. Well, does that immediately mean that there's somebody who is looking to get help or or actively, you know, going to spend money on hiring a weight loss coach or whatever? Not necessarily. So we really need to get clear about who that person is and how do we communicate to them in the most effective way? So first, again, our, what is your version of that premium client? Right. No, sorry, you said a couple of things there that I find really interesting, because as you said, we we define our personas, but then are they actually looking to buy? And the other one you said, which was, are they going to respect you and treat you as an authority and actually listen to what you say mm-hmm. and what you ask them to do? And we have that huge problem with the knowledge panel and the brand SERP and the digital strategy around the brand SERP is some clients simply don't listen. Mm-hmm. And they're paying us not to listen to us, which seems to me very counterintuitive. <laughs> Um, so they're yeah. not actually a very good client in the sense that because they don't do what we're suggesting, they're not treating us as the authority right. who's able to guide them through this process. The process doesn't work, and then they get upset with us. Exactly. Well, I, what I find is that that really does come down to messaging. So the core well, of the work that I do well, is So that's really, the first mistake we're making. Yes, 100%. Brilliant. 100%. <laughs> and 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 the reason for this, and I'm going to kind of probably cut ahead to probably some of the questions that you might have, but I'll kind of answer them through as I share. Yeah, go ahead. You. It's a conversation. It's a conversation, <laughs> okay, Fabia, and we can answer in any order we want. Okay, perfect, perfect. So what I find is that when you focus a lot of your message and so actually let me define certain type of terms. When I say message, I mean the content on your website, the content that you're putting on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or TikTok or YouTube or your blog, whatever content that you're creating, you need to be hyper careful about how you communicate to your audience and who your audience is, right? So what we've been taught by the majority of marketers online is that you're using what's called pain marketing, where you're like, let me dive into the pain. Let me make somebody tell, like make them feel like crap basically and go into the symptoms and make Mm -hmm. them realize that the world is falling apart because if they realize that, then they're going to hire me. So what I've realized is that what that ends up doing is it ends up attracting people that are in a victim mentality who are like, well, everything is wrong. It's everybody else's fault. I hired this other person and they were terrible. And I hired that other person. I spent money and nothing is working and it's never my fault. And what you want to do is move away from pain marketing and focus more on gain marketing. So what that means is you're focusing more, you're still talking about problems because obviously you, if you have a business, you can't live without solving a problem, but you are focusing more on the desires, on what your audience is going to gain. So, for mm-hmm. example, let me kind of make this up and 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 and, and kind well, of. No, I'll, I'll give you an example okay, no. from from uh, Ed, yes. my friend Ed, who's Perfect. helping to teach me to sell, was saying, "Imagine what your business would look like in six months' time if you converted ten percent more bottom of funnel clients or prospects searching your brand name." That's mm-hmm. what tightening up the bottom of the funnel with a great Google business card, which is your brand cert, will do for you. How would your business look in six months' time if you were converting 10% more of those bottom of funnel prospects? Well, when you say bottom of the funnel prospects, who are you talking about? Are you talking about the least? Who are you talking about? Well, the people who are searching your brand name are the people who are about to do business with you or already okay. doing right. business. Exactly. Exactly. You're, that's exactly what you want to do, right? So what we want to So thank do- you, Ed. 
There you go. Exactly. What we want to do is really focus more on speaking to the people who are actively looking for solutions, right? Or yeah, who yeah. are who are focused more on the desire. So I'll use your example. Let's 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 focus on your example of you wanting to position yourself on Google, right? How people would typically communicate would be saying things like if you don't communicate, if you don't position yourself higher on Google, you're going to be like 10th page and you're going to disappear and, you know, nothing is working and you're doing marketing and everything's more expensive. But if, but if you're doing, if you're positioning yourself higher, you could be on the first page and, and you're, that's kind of the typical way that probably most people would do it. How you could do it instead is focusing more on, you know, that you are, um, first page worthy material, right? Mm -hmm. You know that you're great at what you do and you're here to do great things with your business and create an impact and, and get to the top of the market. And what you want to do is be seen as an authority and position yourself higher. And that includes getting higher on Google. So it's slightly different conversation, but one of them is slightly more focused on like how horrible things are. And the other one is like, Hey, look at how great things right. could. Does that make sense? It does actually, and, and it reminds me of two people now, Ed and Olesia. And Ed was saying, what happens if Bing or Apple start winning the game against Google? Your entire strategy based on Google is liable to go down the pan. But if you've worked with CaddyCube to build a strategy that's based on educating these machines, it doesn't matter which machine that's we're true. educating, we educate them all the same. Whoever wins the big tech game, you're always going to be ahead of the field. And that was one point, and Alicia said something to me the other day, which I thought, genius. It's, I need to say to people, you get the knowledge panel you deserve. Ah, that's much better. Exactly. I like that. She's smart. Brilliant. Right. So it, it's really about thinking, who is that ideal person? Who is the person that you really want to talk to? Because what ends up, what tends to happen is you're being like, let me talk to the people that, you know, let me, let me educate the people on what the problem is. And let me, and I think that obviously that it's not that it doesn't work. Obviously it works. But yep. what I find is that if you're speaking to the people who are already looking for solutions, everything becomes easier. Your conversions are easier. They're cheaper. They're, I mean, cheaper, in the sense of it costs you less. That's what I mean when I say cheaper, right? Um, mm. I don't think that cheap leads is necessarily a great uh, thing to have all the time. But I mean, it's going to cost you less. It's going to cost you less time, less objections on the phone. And it's really about how do we really focus on that desire? What does your audience really want? And how do we build that up so that they say, that's what I want. I want the expert. An example of this that I like to give is like, you don't see a brand like BMW or Mercedes-Benz doing commercials that are like, you're at light night, laying awake, worrying about your car is falling apart. And the, they're not doing that. So why are you, be, you know, talk to the higher person. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. So are you actually saying that I shouldn't be saying to potential clients, what happens if Google loses the game? You need to be in a position no, I, I where that doesn't matter. I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying that, but I don't think that that is what you need to lead mm. with. Like it, you don't need to scare people into making a decision to hire you. I think that 
it should be a no brainer, especially for certain types of businesses. I mean, obviously probably for most, but anyways, um, to work on their, you know, brand positioning in, in, in terms of search engine and all these different things, right? Oh, SEO, yeah. right? So it should be a no brainer that this is a great strategy. If you need to convince them and kind of go into all of these yeah. things, then that's, you're not talking to your ideal person. And therefore when they hire you, they're not going to do the work because they're not prioritizing this as much. If that makes sense. It, it does absolutely make sense, and it, it's it's a great perspective um, from our from where we're starting from. I mean, I kept saying to people, "You want a great Google business card." When somebody searches your name, you want that person to see something that represents your brand narrative to your audience in the way that you want. And that didn't seem to really sell it. And I'm wondering why, because that's aspirational. It's I want a great Google business card. Well, because n people don't want. They don't want to be first on Google. What they want is clients. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like at the end of the day, I mean, you do want it, but at the end of the day, what you want is what's coming as a result of that, right? You want to be seen yep. as an authority. You want to be able to bring in clients automatically. Um, and like you want people to search for what you do and for you to show up first as the expert, but not necessarily be like, I want to be the Google person, if that makes sense. It's almost yep. the same, no. but it's slightly different. Yep. No. Okay. Absolutely. And and then you talk about pre-selling your offers before you pitch. Now, the idea of pre-selling is that subliminal marketing as people come down the funnel, or do you mean when well, I'm talking to you directly? It's basically tied to what we're talking about right now, right? So the way that you do that is through your content, right? You want to make sure that the content that you're putting out, specifically, again, I think that the so we have kind of three types of content not three types of content, but three parts of building your business. You need to grow your audience, you need to nurture that audience, and you need to sell to that audience, right? I mean, kind of simple marketing one-on-one -on -one, um, stuff, right? So the grow your audience type of content can be more educational and simple and talking more about insights to grow that audience. But when you start to nurture your audience, that content really needs to be focused on showing people why they need you why or why they need what you sell. So ideally you want to come up with that, you know, unique point of view that makes what you do really important. So to give you an example with my own business, for me, what I focus on is talking about how people don't have a marketing problem. They have a messaging problem because usually think, well, people think that, you know, they need, they need to do another strategy. They need to run more, um, spend more money on ads, or they need to grow their audience, or they need to go viral, or all these different things. And what I found, have found is that that's not really true. What you really need instead is to get really good with your messaging so that the people that are the right fit start coming in more, and that's going to allow you to grow your business. So what I do through all of my own marketing, whether it's my webinars or my emails or videos or whatever I'm doing, is explain to people why you it's not a marketing issue it's a messaging issue and the more that i bring that forward now i'm creating demand for messaging over marketing if that does that make sense it does yeah and definitely something we need to work on we've been nurturing by educating because what we're doing is new now we need to message because people are now understanding what we're doing and we need to prove now to them or demonstrate to them the value um, something else somebody said to me um was Stand where the audience is looking, which means you then don't have to explain anything to them because you're standing where they're looking and they're That's immediately going to come towards you. Right, right. That's it. You want to, 
speak to the people who are more vision-led, desire-led, and then show them why what you're doing is the answer. Um, and mm. an another way of looking at that or another way that this is called is by figuring out your domino belief or your big idea, right? That, that big hypothesis or premise of what it is that you do and why doing this thing is going to actually solve the problem that they have and get them to the solution faster, right? So your marketing needs to be focused on that, but not from a place of, I need to educate them on, um, for example, in my case, let's, again, let's use my example. It's not that I need to educate people on what messaging is. It's that I need to educate them on how by fixing your messaging, your mark, your conversions are going to go higher or, or you're going to be able to grow your business. So it's not about like, let me tell you about what, you know, your unique selling, what is a unique selling proposition, but it's more of like, how do I build a message that resonates with my audience that shows them what that, this is what they need. So does that make sense? It's more of like going a little yeah. bit deeper with those concepts. And how does that fit in with the idea, Kate Toon mentioned it to me years ago, of filtering out the people you don't want as they come down the funnel? So it's better to have somebody jump ship earlier on because oh, then you don't have to deal with them later on. A hundred percent. I definitely think that it's much better to repel people that are not the right fit because they're going to end up caught. It, it ends up doing much more damage than good always, right? Because if you enroll people into your program, into your services that are not a good fit and you're like, great, I took their money. But like you were mentioning mm -hmm. before, they're not taking action. They're not doing the work and therefore they're not getting results. And therefore you on one end, like on the front end, if they're, if you're getting reviews in your business, you're going to get negative reviews. And if you're not getting reviews in your business, your confidence is going to be affected because now you're like, why did this client not get results? Right. And, mm -hmm. and if you're getting a lot of that happen, your confidence starts going down, 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 down. And it's going to show up in the moment that you're selling. So Taking in clients that are not the right fit is terrible for business. That being said, uh, we definitely want to repel. I would rather repel because why do you want to spend a minute of your time on a sales conversation with somebody who is never, ever, ever going to buy no matter what you do? So I would rather speak to my people. And even if that group of people is in theory smaller than let me yeah. talk to everybody, it doesn't really matter because you speaking to anybody is not going to really make an impact on your bottom line because you're like, okay, I could hire anybody else. But if you go very specific in your content and in your message and you're like, I work with these types of people specifically, that's going to yeah. automatically bring the attention of that group of people. And it's going to be better for your own conversions too. Right. Yeah. And, and it is that thing from, I mean, from the perspective of SEO is people say, oh, this is a big volume keyword, therefore I should aim at it. But in fact, you're going to attract a lot of people who are simply not interested in what you've got to offer. Exactly. And niching down and actually talking to the people who are going to be interested is hugely uh, more important. And then you can better pre-sell to them, as you were saying, exactly, because your messaging is going to be on tone. Then you talk about magnetizing through message embodiment. What does that mean? Okay, so what that means, and I don't know necessarily how this, well, no, actually it does apply. So when I talk about embodiment, I mean you embodying the result that you deliver. So if you are right. an SEO guy, you you need to be searching, you need to be showing up nice and high on Google, for example, right? Like you need to oh. be the embodiment of what you're selling. And obviously this is going to 
uh, depend on what you do, obviously, because at the end of the day, if you are a, a male OBGYN, that's going to be difficult for you to be able to talk about having babies, right? For example, but, yeah. uh, but it's really about how do you show up in a way that really um, demonstrates how you embody what you sell, how you are the result that you're delivering for your clients. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does 100%. And when, when you talk about magnetizing, you don't mean making them stick to us once they're already here. It's bringing them towards us with a magnet. Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's it. Okay. That's and what, what, what's interesting, I love this thing about this particular show, is you just talked about something we were talking about earlier on with Elisa, the lady you saw right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And she told me literally yesterday, I want to work more on CaliCube's brand SERP and CaliCube's knowledge panel because we need to embody what it is we do for other people. There we go. That's it. That's so Elisa, 100% right, and that's what we're going to do. We're also doing some experiments on my old music group and uh, my cartoon that I did, but it's to demonstrate what we what we can do, but embodying it with our exactly. own company and our own brand stuff is 100% on board. Exactly. Sorry, That's it. Exactly. That's exactly what you want to do. And, and this is, um, you know, this is true. No, I mean, I, I, again, for the most part, it would work with most of the people, right? But it's how you're showing up. It's better for me to, instead of coming up on social media and saying, you know, oh, I did this great thing with my business and I made this amount of money or I did this. If I show myself living my life with my family and enjoying my life because that's what I'm actually selling. I'm selling having that type of freedom, right? So it's mm -hmm. how do you embody what you're selling where you're not necessarily, like you're talking the, walking the talk basically. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely. That's definitely something we're missing. So far you've, you've gone through three points and we've missed them all. We're in the process now of trying to set that right as of this moment. And then you talk about positioning your brand as an authority. Now, I'm, I'm wondering what you're going to say here because that's part of what we do. We position right. as an authority through Google's eyes. What do you mean by positioning as an authority? Well, how I mean it is there's a – well, actually, there's a couple – there's a few ways, right? There's going to be through your messaging, which is what we've talked about, right? How do you right. show up and communicate what you do in a way that really allows your audience to see the value behind what you're doing, right? So – Example, when I started my business, I actually started as a web designer and then I moved right. into doing more brand strategy and and I still do design for um, some, of my, some of my clients, but the majority of them, it's messaging, right? So when I started, I when I didn't know what I was doing as much in terms of messaging, I would communicate myself about myself like, oh, I'm, I, I'll do websites for you. And when you mm -hmm. communicate like that, you're one more. You're just one more person that's doing websites, Right. Whereas yeah. now the way that I communicate my, about myself and what I do is I say uh, I help coaches, consultants, and experts attract ready-to-invest clients by positioning themselves as premium brands. Now, that's still doing websites and messaging for you. It's just a fancier way of saying it where I'm communicating more on the outcome. Nobody wants a website. What they want is clients, right? And, mm. and, and that's what you want to think about. How do I communicate what I do? So... The first part of positioning yourself as a premium authority is how do you communicate that you're an authority? What is the outcome that you deliver? What is the result of what you're doing? What is the benefit, right? The other part of that is the visual part because your brand needs to look the part, especially again, if we're looking at, at, at attracting premium clients, we want to be seen as an authority. 
And if your website is terrible, like really bad, it's just, it's not that you can't, it's not that it's impossible. It's not that you're never going to make a sale. Of course you can. There's a lot of people who are making a ton of money in their business without even having a website, but it does make a difference when you do have those things in place. And I would say that the third thing within that is going to be your content. And that ties into start, right? Like how, what you're creating, what's, what, what's going on in your blog, what's going on in your website, what's going on in your content in general. And when you're bringing your message, the visual part and your content within everything that you're doing, that's what's going to allow you to be seen as that authority. Right. Do, do you find that people focus or companies focus too much on the third one, i.e. the content? They write a lot of content, they pay a lot of attention to the content, but they don't present it well and they don't actually tell you what they're doing. Right. Yes. Because it's, there's a difference between content and messaging in the sense of you need to figure out, well, what's my strategy as a brand? Who is my audience? Who am I talking to? And, and again, I'll give you an example with my own business. When I launched my business, I was like, okay, I'm going to start a blog. And it was all, and you can see my very old blog posts. They're still on my website, although I probably should take them down, but anyways, or rewrite them, I guess. Um, but it was very general, like, oh, I just want to create content and do as much mm -hmm. as I can. And they were not speaking to my ideal audience necessarily. It was just very broad entrepreneurs. Well, entrepreneur can be anybody. It could be somebody who cleans toilets or somebody who um, has a multi-billion dollar corporation, right? Entrepreneurs, anybody. So who is my audience, right? Who am I talking to? And, um, and there, that's where that brand strategy comes in. That's where that messaging strategy comes in. When you really understand who those people are, that's going to shape the content that you create. So 100%, most people are just focused on creating content and not really thinking about, well, who is this content really attracting? Who is this speaking to? And how do I make sure that I create content that speaks to the right people? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think kind of we're guilty of that as well. We're in the process right now of trying to reposition ourselves or rethink the way that we're messaging as opposed to creating content. We create great content, but yeah, who are we talking to? That's a huge question we need to ask ourselves. And that's exactly. addressed to Jean Marie, um, who works on all of that and works under my instructions and is going to have to now figure out what I've been doing wrong and tell me how to do it right. How lovely. <laughs> um, right, brilliant stuff. So we, we've come to the last question which is all about branded search. Now, we've got two questions. You can either answer, how can attracting premium clients help with branded search, or how does branded search tie in with attracting premium clients? You choose, Fabi. Well, I think that they're both almost the same, almost the same question. And I think that at the end of the day, what you want to do in terms of branded search is just make sure that the content that you're creating, again, is focused mm -hmm. on speaking to the right person, right? So when you're doing, um, when you're attracting premium clients and, 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 and you know who you're speaking to and the content that you're creating is speaking to that very specific audience, it's going to help you bring in people through search, right? Just like when you're I mean, I think that it ties in, if that makes sense. So really, it yep. comes down to you understanding who are your premium clients and how do I create content within my website that speaks to those people so that those people come in through that branded search as well, if that makes sense. It does. It 100% makes sense. And you're the first person who told me the questions are actually almost the same, and they are almost the same. For me, it's two different angles on the same question. 
can okay. branded search help you or can you help branded search? But yeah. you're right. It is it is a very, very uh, slim difference. So I might be just confusing matters. Anyway, thank you so much, Fabi. That was absolutely brilliant. You gave a great answer to the last very confusing double question. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. That was absolutely awesome. I'm going to introduce next week. It's Jason Kessoni. How to tell your authentic story as a podcast de- guest. And I think I've just said his name wrong. Uh, so please don't copy me, Fabi. Jason would suffice. Could you possibly pass the baton? Yes, absolutely. And just as a reminder for everybody, before I do, go to readytoinvestclients.com. I actually have a training that walks you through how to bring in more of those premium ready-to-invest clients into your business. And here's me passing the baton over to Jason Cerconi. Um, and I hope that you enjoy his training or his interview as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Fabi. (laughs) CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.